what does it feel like when you get a good review? It makes it all worthwhile. You know, it just with everything that we're doing. And what's amazing to me is the little things that people notice that we do and comment on because they're not big deal things, but they're the kind of little things that make staying with us just that little bit better. And that I, I really appreciate those a lot. That means they're noticing. You're listening to Happy Vermont, a podcast about people and places in the Green Mountain State. I'm your host, Erica Housekeeper. Patrick Fultz and Leslie Brown own Sleep Woodstock, a 12-room motel on Route 4 that they purchased and renovated. The couple started visiting the state about 10 years ago and fell in love with Vermont. Patrick and Leslie met online while they were both living in New York. He lived in Westchester County, and she was living on the other side of the Hudson River in Suffren. Both of them worked in Manhattan. Patrick ran a creative agency, and Leslie worked in administrative services for a chemical company. When they decided to move to Vermont, they thought they were going to buy a house, but instead they ended up purchasing a motel. Patrick works at the front desk, and Leslie can be found working out back on financials. She's also employed full-time as a paralegal at a local firm in Woodstock. And even though their days are busy, the slower pace of Vermont just feels right. I'm very close to my oldest sister, and she lived in Suffern, New York before, and I ended up moving to Suffern, New York. And then when they came up here, they started luring us by visiting, and it's just so beautiful in Vermont. And we needed to get out of New York, finally. Especially knowing that New York taxes were ridiculous in the suburbs, and we wouldn't have been able to retire there. So we wanted to go to a place where we could conceivably stay once we developed roots. Right. And the funny part is the way her sister got here, they liked to go on trips and they visited Woodstock and they fell in love with it. They ended up substitute B&B for the B&B that they stayed at. And at the same time that they were doing that, we were going up and down the East Coast with them on little mini vacations so they could figure out where they wanted to retire. Everywhere we went, they compared it to Woodstock. So finally I said, Carol, you love Woodstock. You're comparing everything to Woodstock. Just buy a house in Woodstock. So they did, and then we started visiting them, and we fell in love with it. Right. How did you two meet? Online. <laughs> On plentyoffish.com. Yeah, Leslie reached out to me, and the, the funny part was I was living in Westchester, which I affectionately call the bright side of the river, and Leslie lived on the dark side of the river. Not really. The joke was I would only go as far as 45 minutes. She was 43 minutes away. <laughs> so she just snuck under the wire. And we first just started talking and then went on a first date and the rest is history. Yes. When you came up here, there was a proposal plan that turned into a motel purchase, is that right? Yeah, when we first started looking at properties up here, we actually came here to buy a house and had three houses fall through, the third one twice. But the idea was that we would get married. And so we had actually, uh, Leslie had a ring, an old ring that we had taken care of at a jeweler in New York. And I had, when I came up here to do the closing for the motel, I was supposed to go back to New York. Well, I never ended up going back. So I was like, Leslie, you got to bring up my computer. You got to bring this up. You got to bring that up. And I called her son and I said, his name is Sammy. I said, Sammy, can you go to the jeweler get the ring because it was done. He, I told him to only call me, don't call Leslie. 
and he hid it in her car so that I could find it. And then I grabbed the ring. And when we were going to open the motel, we did an open house and I had called the papers and I called the state and had all this stuff set up. And part of the pitch to them was not only are we doing an open house, but I'm going to also propose. So what ended up happening is we did the ribbon cutting and I said, you know, we came here to buy a house, but somehow the motel called our name and anybody who can buy a motel with me, I got to marry her. And I got on my knee and she was totally confused and proposed. She did say yes. <laughs> Fortunately, that would have been highly embarrassing <laughs> otherwise. Yes, but it surprised everybody. And in the Vermont Standard on the business section, the top of the page was our open house and the bottom was my proposal. So everybody in town knew that I proposed. That's so sweet. That's wonderful. And that was what year? That was 2013. 2013. So when you bought this place, had it been closed for a long time? Or what was the condition and, and history of the motel? It had been closed for over a year. It had originally been started by a missionary, and only half of the motel was built. It was basically the house in the center and six rooms. Then later on, they added four more rooms and ultimately the last two rooms. And in the beginning, if you go back and do a lot of historical checking, the reviews were great. It was really a mom and pop establishment. But over the years, people got older, they got ill, and it was taken over by two partners who didn't live in the area. And they hired a manager who didn't do a very good job. So after Irene, the boiler was no longer functional, and they pretty much just gave up. So we bought it as a building, not as a business. And it's funny because one of the partners, who I guess was the the working partner, he actually looked at me and said, yeah, all you need to do is, you know, tidy things up, slap a little paint on here. You guys be open in a week. <laughs> I looked at Leslie and said, I don't think that's the case. So we had a plan to kind of redo things, probably a more aggressive plan than than knowing what I know now we should have done because we basically had only five, six weeks to get it done. And we first we thought we were going to just put paint on things and make everything, but it turned out we needed to really redo everything. So we resheet rocked, retrimmed everything, scraped the bathrooms down and repainted all those because there's no way we could do those that fast. We were hoping to be open on September 8th, but we ended up getting open the last week of September. So we caught the foliage traffic, which we needed to do because we ended up pretty much maxing out all our credit cards and yes, uh, we did. every source of, of money we had to get it ready. But it, it, we hit kicked off with a bang and haven't looked back. We, we actually, from a money side, we've outdone every number that we've seen that other people had done here. Because we only bought the building and they didn't have business data, we had to go back to the owners before them. And the best month that they ever had, we beat that by almost double. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and when we knock on wood, have been managing to keep doing a little bit more, a little bit more. And uh, I've just been having fun with it. The original motel was built in the 50s. 
Is that right? Yep. It was built, well, we think, well, we know this side, the original side, was built in 59. We think they added four rooms in 61 and then two more rooms in 62 to get to the 12. And if you go behind the building, you can actually see the cinder block lines where they ended the building and continued it. And Leslie, who can find anything on the internet, managed to find three postcards of the motel at those three different phases because they used to use postcards as promotional tools that would be in the rooms. So she found one from each stage of it and it's we have it on the bulletin board so that when people come in, if they ask questions, we can say, oh, this is the, the three wow. part, the three ways the motel was. And what was the name of it? Originally it was the Ottaquichi Motel. So uh, named after the river. Yep, then somebody changed it to the Ottaquichi Motor Lodge mm-hmm. or Motor Inn, one of those two, I don't remember exactly. And then when we got it, after seeing the last reviews, we said, okay, we can't keep the same name because the review was so bad. Plus, nobody can spell out a Uh <laughs> And uh, we wanted Woodstock in the name. Yeah, smart. Yeah, Leslie's company would ha- buy tickets to the Indianapolis 500. So we took a 10-hour car ride to Indianapolis. And on that ride, came up with the name Sleep Woodstock Motel, which... Totally Leslie's credit on that one. She's a great person at naming things. And when she said that name, I'm like, that's the right one. That's it. So that's how we came up with Sleep Woodstock Motel. That's really nice. It is a great name. We didn't want to run from the motel mm-hmm. name because the building is a long, classic roadside motel. So instead of running from it, we actually embraced it. Yeah, that's good. How would you describe the motel? You've got 12 rooms. Are they all the same? Are they all different? Funny little thing is the first side of the motel, which we measured everything when we did the renovation, is a foot and a half shorter than the second half of the motel. So we we measured everything on the original side. We get to the second side and we were a foot and a half short on the sheetrock. Oh my God. So we we had to quick order a bunch of more sheetrock. So they're basically the same size. Just the newer side of the motel is a foot and a half deeper okay but otherwise the rooms are basically the same the same are they do are they decorated the same or is there different the rooms are in there how would you say they're basically decorated the same but each room has its own unique wall of art we basically i'm a creative director and had my own 20-person advertising agency in manhattan i'm wildly creative leslie when we first started dating she's the first person who I'd met who was not an art person, because of course all my friends are artists or illustrators, who had real art in her role, is wildly creative and has really great taste. So we started, when we first met, we would sit on the couch with our iPads going through art. And you go, what do you think of that one? And we bought so much art that in her house in Suffern, before we came up here, we had stacks and stacks of art that we had bought. Nowhere to hang it, but we had lots of art. People would say to us, when you guys retire, you're going to need to buy a mansion to hang up all this art. So when we bought the motel. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, the jokes did not stop. We started originally with the art that we had in the rooms. And then we just did a mini reno where we decided to make a whole wall of art. Mm -hmm. So every room now has 20, 30 pieces on a feature wall where the headboards are. It really changed the dynamic of the rooms to make them even more friendly and more warm. Yeah. Until recently, 
roadside motels around the country, you'd see a lot maybe that were closed or abandoned or just really run down. But there seems to be this revival that's happened over the last few years. And you're seeing people buy motels and really adding these nice personal touches, you know, whether it's custom furnishings or art as you've all done, or, you know, wine bars or little restaurants, things like that. It's really kind of changed the experience. So when you were renovating this place, were there certain personal touches that you really wanted to focus on to really improve the visitor experience? I think it's a combination of wanting to keep the original feel of a motel, but also bringing in the modern, because for instance, people need Wi-Fi. This is the way they function in the world now. But just like when we chose the Formica for our bathrooms, you can get Formica that looks like other things, wood, marble, whatever. We wanted Formica that looked like Formica because that is what a motel is about. It's saving money and you can still be playful and still keep the original characteristics of a building. So Leslie spent 30 minutes at Home Depot with a ring about 10 inches around of every Formica they made and literally went through and found the perfect piece of Formica for us for the bathrooms. The funny part of that as well is with the bathrooms, when we first bought the motel, we went to Vermont Salvage in White River Junction to see if there was any stuff we could use there in the rooms. And they had sinks that another hotel had purchased and decided not to use, and they had a hundred of them. They were selling on consignment. And they kind of looked like a barn sink, like you'd see in a kitchen, but was meant for the bathrooms. So we loved those sinks, so we bought 16 of them, put them in the basement until we could redo the bathrooms, which ended up being about three years later. And we literally designed the bathroom around the sink. Wow. Because the sinks are just so unique. Yeah. Which is why the Formica had to be unique as well. And we designed the vanity itself so that it would be off the floor to make the bathrooms look bigger and to make them easier to clean. And we get just incredible reviews on the bathrooms. We had bath fitters come in and redo all the tubs, which they do a fantastic job. Leslie, in her internet prowess, got us amazing fans and, and faucets for the sinks at half of what prices we were getting. So now we have really well-lit bathrooms that people really appreciate they're so well-lit and very unique and very different. People just love them. That's nice. You do get great reviews too. Great reviews. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky that way. And we try really hard. Yeah, we work hard. We work very hard on clean because obviously- It's huge. Yeah, two things we figured are important. One, it had to be clean. And two, we had to have comfortable beds because if we can all self sleep Woodstock, then, you know. <laughs> so one of the things we do with our cleaning crew is most places say you got 30 minutes to do a room or 20 minutes to do a room. And we said, we don't care how long it takes to do the room. From experience, we found it really for one person, it takes an hour to really clean a room properly. And so we told them, listen, sometimes you're going to do a room in 45 minutes. Sometimes it may take an hour and a half, depending on how piggy people are. And people are amazingly piggy in, <laughs> in motels. It surprises us sometimes. And the other thing we did is we created a bonus program for our cleaning crew to let them know we really appreciated what they did. Anybody who wrote clean in a review or put 10 on the review scale, 
we put money in a kitty. At the end of every month, we take that money in the kitty and we divvy it up to the cleaning crew based on how many hours they worked. Mm. So they get this little bonus. It's not a lot of money, but it's, you know, it's you could go out to dinner for a night and stuff. So they, they really appreciate that. Yeah. How big is your cleaning crew? How many people? Ideally, two and a half people. Right now. It's- right now, it's we're at one and a half. We've had a, a help wanted sign out front for the whole summer. It's just like everyone else who's struggling with help. Mm-hmm. We have the same issues. Right. And is it just the two of you and housekeeping staff or are there other, do you have other employees? We have one other part-time employee who helps us do maintenance and stuff. Because I still run my marketing company, I can do a lot of the maintenance stuff, but it doesn't make sense for me to do it when I can get somebody who A, is younger, faster, and better at it than I am. And it makes sense for me to, to focus on my my marketing company and the motel. Definitely. What's it like for the two of you, since the two of you are doing a huge part of the bulk of the work here, what's it like working together as a married couple? We're good at everything except in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) We have our own talents and our own strengths. I like back office. I do the financial reporting and all that kind of thing. And Patrick is very chatty, as you can see. And he is very good with guests. So I can be good with guests as well. Part of the interesting aspect of having the motel is having people talk to you about their lives Mm. and their interests and finding common streaks of interest like the art. Mm. But for the most part, I like the quiet back room and Patrick is the front. (laughs) She always teases me that I can talk to a tree. But Leslie's very good at the front desk as well, but she, she definitely prefers me. And in fact, what we're doing today is torture for Leslie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> At least there's no camera. <laughs> we did right. a, we did a TV commercial when Woodstock did a little thing and Leslie was in the commercial and and she hated every second of it. She sees the commercial now and she's like, oh. I've never even seen the commercial. I can't bring myself to do it. I know, I was frozen like a steer in the headlights as soon as the camera turned on. And yeah, cameras are hard. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Of course, because I've been in the marketing business for so long and you know that's really sales. And both of us have really a lot of experience in lots of things in life. So I've just learned at the front desk, you just ask open-ended questions. And if you find that little piece that they know something about and that I know something about, you know, I'll, we'll ask that question. And, and people love to talk. They do. And so we just try to let them, you know, tell their stories. And and it's really fun. I, that I'd have to say in the in the eight years we've been doing this now, we've only had maybe five guests who you wish were never here. Mm. And most of the time we meet really great people with great stories. And so many of them want to stay in properties that are not the chain properties. And so they, they love coming here and we've now got a lot of repeat business. It's really exciting, you know, people and people love that personal touch. Oh, definitely. I think too, I, I remember a long time ago, well, there's this romantic idea of like opening a and b or, you know, running, oh, well, wouldn't it be great? And we'll come to Vermont and we'll open a place up. And I've heard a story here and there of people who opened a and and they're like, oh, my gosh, what was I thinking? Like, it's a lot of output. You know, it's a lot of socializing and... and yes. it, it's having a guest in your house all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. And that's what's nice about this is 
we I think we would have hated a B and B. Yes. But what's nice about this is people's expectation is they're going to come in the office, they're going to get their key, and they're going to go to the room. Mm-hmm. So if we give them any more experience than that, then they love it. But at the same time, they still leave the office. You know, we go to our private space. Yes. So we're not beat up and feeling on all the all time. The time. That's a big difference, you know, yeah. but we do give them great advice where to go. Again, I'm a marketing guy. We created our, we have a local deal sheet. I went around to different businesses and we had them give us special deals and people just show our room key and they get whatever the deal oh, is. Nice. So people come in and we hand them that and they're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. You know, we know the places really well and we kind of ask, you know, what things do you like to do? And yeah. we send people to the right place. Yeah so that they have a great experience in Woodstock. That's great. What are some things, if someone were coming up to Woodstock in the summer or foliage, what are some things, and I know it always depends on the person, I'm sure, but are there some kind of general recommendations you give to people visiting the area? Well, first we find out what they like. If they like art, if they like food, if they like history, if they like farms, and then we'll point them in a direction. Long Trail's just down the road from us. A lot of people love to go visit Long Trail. The brewery. The brewery, yeah. yep. Billings Farm, they love that. The Rockefeller Estate, Simon Pierce for glass blowing, which is one of the nice things about Vermont. On the art side, you've got Simon Pierce, we've got Farmhouse Pottery, we've got Shackleton Thomas, all handmade pottery, furniture, whatever it might be. And all those places will let you go in and talk Mm. to the people doing the work, mm. which is very unusual. If you're in New York or someplace like that, there's a, a room that you can't go in. They let you do that here, and, and people really appreciate that. So we'll just find out what they like and send them to the, the things that they like to do. And then I have my one weekend tour. It's a, basically a loop where they kind of get a little piece of everything, and we'll basically send them into town to do the things in town. We'll send them to Simon Pierce. We'll send them to Sugar Bush Farm. Mm. And there's kind of a literally a loop, you know, Queechy Gorge, that you can do and really get a good taste yeah. of everything around. You know, Vins is on that as yeah. well, which is a fantastic right. place. Now that they have their, their canopy, canopy, it's even more amazing. Definitely. You know, and I tell people all the time who come in, you can come to Woodstock four weekends in a row and not do the same thing twice. There's that, that much to do here. Yeah. And I, we didn't even talk about the concerts and oh, yeah. theater, you know, with The Grange, mm-hmm. with Artistry and Pentangle. So there's, like I said, there's just there's a, lot. a lot, which is one of the reasons we're here, because if there wasn't culture here, yeah, Leslie and I wouldn't be here. Right. <laughs> Were there other places in Vermont that you looked at before you decided to come up here? Not before we decided to come up here. We have been to Brattleboro and we thought about Brattleboro because it has a lot of the same things Woodstock has, only it's a little bit bigger for walking around. But family is important and my sister is here, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leslie's very, very close with her, her yeah, sister. that's nice. And, which is great. Which is funny too, because even though we own a motel, mm-hmm. it's amazing how hard it is to get family to come visit us. <laughs> But plenty of room for them, but they seem to not want to come, So, which is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. So culture and the arts is important to you. And Patrick, you are also an artist. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I went to Parsons School of Design for graphic design and advertising. I ended up teaching there for 15 years as well. Mm-hmm. 
you know, started my own agency, did a lot of things that I never thought I would do. And all along the way have been, you know, trying to create my own art as well. And part of coming to Woodstock was to sort of semi-retire and start to do more of my own work. I'm a big fan of lino block printing and wood block printing. I'm a big fan of Saberfield. I love her work. And in fact, I have a couple of her prints that I almost didn't get that luckily they had an extra set that I ended up buying. So my what I'm trying to do now is get more back to doing art for me versus art for clients or really not even art for clients, it's really marketing for clients. And that's been a lot of fun. So I'm doing a lot more sketching and I'm my goal is to do a lot of lino block printing. And what is that exactly? You take a piece of linoleum, which literally in the old days was a piece of linoleum floor. Okay. And you carve it then you ink it, and then you press it on the paper. You know, you can print as many as you'd like, which is kind of nice. You can do one color, you can do multicolor. My goal is, or what I've been doing actually, is what's called reduction lino, which means you take one block and you keep carving the same block for each color. So you start with the lightest color, then you carve for the next lightest color, and you do it depending on how many colors you have. I've done a four color, a five color, and a six color one. And I'm working on a whole series right now that I've got a tool series that I want to do, as well as trying to do a lot more sketching and just, you know, shaking the rust off because I spent 40 years Mm -hmm. very successfully doing marketing and graphic design and advertising for people. And now it's my turn. Your turn. Where do you do it here at home? Yeah, we created a studio Mm -hmm. for me here. Was originally our bedroom. We decided to take over. We had a suite at the motel, and we decided to take that over. So now I have my studio, which is great. It's got windows. Mm. You have it all set up for pretty much anything I need to do. And what's nice is it's right next to the motel office mm. so that I can work in there. And when somebody yes. pops in, there you go. I can handle whatever I need to do for the motel. Yeah, that's nice. What are some things you two like to do together when you're not working? Well, I work a full-time job as well, so I'm oh, not yeah. here during <laughs> so the day. <laughs> so uh, on the weekends, I mean, we usually have to go do errands, errands yeah. but we like exploring as we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there'll be a little downtime later this year where we can go away for a weekend. We have tickets in Burlington to the Flynn oh, in November. Oh, what are you going to see at the Flynn? Hot tuna. Oh, excellent. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's, that's one of the things that before we moved here, we went to lots of concerts, particularly Bethel Woods, which is Woodstock, New York, Woodstock, New York. And as well as a lot of concerts in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things we really love to do is to go go see concerts together. You know, or we'll get in the car and we'll just start driving and we'll say right or left mm-hmm. and we'll just go. And then we'll you know, we'll say, OK, well, we got to get back now. We'll put the GPS on and yes. you get back. But just to find and discover you know, some of the amazing things that unless you do that, you'd never see them. And we've had some some adventures. We've been on a few class four roads (laughs) that we didn't realize. Uh, Places where it's people's property and the GPS said it was a road, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun doing that kind of stuff. Plus we love art. So we'll, we'll go to galleries and anything like that. We try to squeeze in. This year has been a little challenging because we've been so busy, everybody being 
on the road traveling after being locked up for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So it's been really busy this year. So we haven't had a lot of time for ourselves, mm -hmm. but we planned it hopefully November, get a little time. Take some time, yeah. that's good. When we first came here, we were both doing 150 miles an hour. And I think we're probably down to about 75 now. Not <laughs> probably. Qu not quite 55 yet. We're trying to get to 55 miles an hour. So Vermont's kind of been a nice place to slow down, even though you're, you know, you're busy and you're running a motel. And Leslie, you're doing this and working as a paralegal. You're still busy and working, but Vermont feels like you can slow down and mellow out a little bit. <laughs> yes, definitely mellow and you can breathe and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and just looking out over the river and hearing the sound is just a very different vibe than New York. Definitely. What do you love most about Vermont? I would say the scenery, the constantly changing clouds, especially if you look at Saberfield's work, she may do the same road and the same, from the same perspective all the time, but every single one of her pieces is different because there's a different emotional component to nighttime and daytime and stormy and clear. As a kid, I grew up near the Poconos. Mm. I spent every summer on Lake Wallenpopec, learning how to ski, fish, hike, all that stuff. And when I came to Vermont, and mind you, the Poconos are beautiful, mm. but when I came to Vermont, the sky's bluer, the clouds are whiter, the trees are greener, and the mountains are taller. There's just something about Vermont that is so beautiful that, you know, we just really became attracted to it and just love that aspect of it. And I discovered that Vermont does not allow billboards, which I think is one of the reasons why it's so beautiful, because you're not interrupted by advertising. Know. You know, and I'm an ad guy and I'm saying that, which is kind of scary. But yeah, no, we, we love the beauty. We also love the Woodstock area because of all the culture. There's a lot of music here. There's a lot of theater. There's a lot of art. And that's important to us as well. And we like the farm to table aspect of it. We are not green thumbed people by any stretch. Tomatoes in a pot are the best we can do, but we do appreciate being able to buy fresh corn and produce and meats that are locally grown and support the local community. Uh, and think that's another aspect that I really love here. It is really community oriented. When we open the motel, Ramonto's Brick and Brew down the street, Andy Reid would come feed our workers when he saw them working hard. He'd just deliver pizzas and say, here, welcome. And you don't get that everywhere. Yeah, we, the community was very, very welcoming. We actually, knowing how curious people were, we actually went around to different businesses, introduced ourselves, said, here's what we're doing. I just thought you might want to know. And almost everybody was so happy we're reopening it because you know, we're the the budget-friendly place here in Woodstock, which can be pricey if you're going to a B&B &B or the, the big inns. Yeah. So people really appreciated that, and we got a lot of great feedback. That's good. If someone were coming up to this area to visit, or really anywhere in Vermont, is there any piece of advice you would give? You know, maybe it's get off the beaten path or, you know, take a day to drive around and explore. I don't know. Like, is there anything that you would tell people? Yeah. The first thing I would say is it's not about getting there. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not I'm on point A, I'm going to get to point B. There's a whole bunch of stuff in between. Enjoy that. 
because there's just so much beauty there. So it's going to sound funny, but do the speed limit, you know, and look around and see all the things that are here. There's so much beauty and, and stop. People ask us all the time, where should I go? And we'd send people down Route 100 and they say, just, and they, well, what, where should I stop? And I'm like, just go down Route 100, stop wherever you want. There's so many places you're going to want to stop, you know, just go there. Slow down. You know, we get so many people from New York and Boston and even Connecticut for that matter. And I think the one thing we try to get them to do is just slow down, relax. You're in Vermont now. Thanks for listening to Happy Vermont. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon, and Stitcher. You can also learn more about Vermont by visiting my website, www.happyvermont.com. You can also find Happy Vermont t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more on my website. If you have story ideas, comments, or feedback, please email me at hello at happyvermont.com. Thanks for listening. Take care and talk to you soon.